Hey everyone, welcome back to this week's episode of What's Next. Um, really fun one. You've got Kevin, Gary, and I on the What's Next side. And uh, who we're interviewing today is Matt Pegler. He was a CFC, College of Charleston, uh, baseball player, graduated in 2013, um, and then went to USC, South Carolina Law School right away. Uh, so that's a bit about him on the sports side. Uh, but what we get into today is his, you know, how he found a job out of law school. Um, and really interesting piece is his up and budding career as a sports agent, how he's managing that with a nine to five um, and then trying to grow something um, outside of that sports. It's a, a pipe dream for some. You want to be an agent, especially if you can't make it in the sport itself. Um, but you'll actually find out how tactical um, steps that Matt's taking are getting him to a point where, you know, he's ready to grow right now. Um, super charismatic guy. We really love this one. And our wrap up after we all walked away with smiles on our face. Um, my fiance Mallory was actually the one who recommended this one. So uh, Matt definitely had the blessings of the ladies at uh, College of Charleston, uh, but an awesome guy. Um, really enjoyed it. I think you guys will too. Uh, tune in. Some of the big takeaways, proper steps to networking, knowing who to network with. Um, and then he's got some really good takeaways for anybody currently in college um, or just advice if you're trying to get to that next step in, in your career. Um, he's got really three good takeaways for you guys. I want to listen to that. Um, it's towards the end, but I think you guys will enjoy it. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in, guys. Enjoy this week's episode of What's Next. All righty, everyone. Uh, welcome back to this week's episode of What's Next. Our guest today, Matt Pegler. Uh, former pitcher at a college of Charleston, uh, graduated in 2013, went into law school after that. Um, and we're going to talk more about, you know, what he's doing in uh, financial crimes after law school. Uh, but a really important piece, obviously, is, is uh, this agency he's forming, um, what started as a side hustle, how he's balancing that with his um, with his nine to five. Matt, thanks for joining us, man. Happy to be here. Awesome, brother. Well, why don't you, um, you know, we'll get we'll get to kind of your story and, and where you're going through. But why don't you just kind of take us through uh, you know, those initial stages, getting to CFC, how you found it, and then some about your time there, and then we'll have some questions along the way. Yeah, so um, I, I grew up in Greenville, South Carolina, um, upstate, and uh, I was recruited um, by Monty Lee, um, who's at Clemson now. He was, his first head coaching gig was at CFC, and he, um, I had a relationship with him before. He was at University of South Carolina, and he's, you know, it's really it was between there and coastal and I just loved CFC, you know, the campus, the, the girls, all, all that good stuff. So I ended up going to, to Charleston. I played four years, um, for Monty and, and the, the Cougs. And I, um, I had a free agent, uh, deal with the Astros on the table, but I decided to, to go to law school. Um, I just, there's not a big market for mid eighties, mid upper eighties righties nowadays in the big league. So I kind of, you know, decided to, to just, hang the hang the towel there and then i went to law school at the university of south carolina um right out of cfc and um when i was in law school i you know i i, I wanted, knew i wanted to do something in the game of baseball and i knew i couldn't play it anymore and make money so i figured you know i considered coaching um front office stuff and then ultimately i just you know i want to do the the agent thing um and so i you don't have to go to law school to be an agent um but a majority of them are, and so that's kind of what prompted me to go to law school. Um, and then when I was in law school, I further um, realized I didn't want to be an attorney. I mean, it's not what I'm, you know, I wasn't passionate about, you know, personal liability and asbestos cases, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I, I figured I would try to use my experience as a ball player and then um, 
little bit of law experience and and represent ball players. I might have just went really long there. Sorry. No, no, it's perfect. I think we've had up to ten minutes before, so you're okay. you're fine. Um, yeah, man. But I get I guess a few questions along the way in doing our research. Obviously, you and I have, have spoken, but I was sharing a video with the guys, and it was actually of you going into your senior year coming off of being SOCOM pitcher of the year, you know, all these accolades, you're going into senior year, but still you had that mindset of, I need to be ready for a career outside of baseball. Um, how did, how did you balance that kind of, you know, in college, it's easy to be like, you know, it's all baseball. I've got these accolades, here we go. Um, but you obviously had a pretty mature mindset of law school is a great option. Yeah. I mean, I was just, I I guess I was kind of realistic about it. I mean, like I said, I was a 85 to 88 righty, um, six foot, six one on a good day. Um, and it's just, there's not many guys that, uh, you know, pay their bills a uh, long term playing the game like that. So I kind of realized, um, in college, you know, I had success in college, but I wasn't going to pay my bills, um, playing baseball. So I, I wanted to be realistic and, and have a, I guess it wasn't a backup plan. I guess you call it a backup plan, but, um, but I mean, like I said, I, I knew I, after my junior year, you know, I wasn't going to be a professional baseball player. So I wanted to figure out a way to still work in the game and pay my bills, even though I wasn't going to be playing um, the game. So. And was law school always top of mind? Like you said, there might be other careers in baseball. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, um, I considered coaching. Actually, I coached a high school team when I was in law school um, in Columbia, but it's just the hours are crazy, man, coaching. A, a bunch of people don't realize um, those guys that college and big league professional coaches, that the time you put in, I mean, you really can't have a life. Um, and so I, I kind of strayed me away from that. Um, and then um, I always did fairly well in school, and so I figured, you know, why not stay in school, you know, three more years instead of going out in the real world and, and I knew that it would help me with the whole agent thing. And, and so that's kind of what prompted me to, to decide to go to law school. It's funny. We were talking to um, Ken and Minyard, Cold Pepper, a couple of episodes ago. And he's an attorney. And he went right out. He would play college football and went right out of school to law school. And he said, you know, it's kind of, it, it was kind of just a cushion for me, right? A cushion for me, whereas a lot of my teammates were kind of under the gun to find a job right away. Um, and then he was able to just say, hey, I'll find three more years to find had three more years to find a job did you see it that way did you see it as oh i'm going to use this as another three-year cushion i know i kind of want to do something with it but i don't really know what yet like how did no, you perceive it no no that, that's that's like pretty spot on cushion because i mean like i said um i didn't know exactly i had an idea what i want to do but i in my kind of view of it was buy me buy me some more time um and honestly law school was awesome i mean it, Playing ball, I mean, you guys know you play ball in college. I mean, it when I was in school in law school, just a student, like I feel like I had so much time. Like I, I could just pack yeah. up a bag on the weekends and go and do whatever the hell I wanted. You know, it was it was like I I enjoyed it, um, and so it I thought law school was awesome. Um, maybe for for just because I I've been four years of you know doing the whole um, student athlete thing. But as far as the cushion thing, yeah, that, that, that's a really good way to put it because it bought me some time and kind of invested myself as well, you know, getting a, a law degree. So. Right. And it really focuses you, focuses you too. I mean, I was in the same boat. I kind of went into law school and, you know, I thought of, I didn't really know where it was going to lead me, but I knew mm-hmm. it was going to lead me somewhere that I was. <laughs> and I think, um, 
I think coming out of it, there are so many more options at our disposal. I mean, like it is like it focuses focuses you on one career that has multiple avenues. And I don't know if um, what your take on the law school itself was, and um, like finding the career at U.S. Bank now. Like, was it in your second, third, or first year where you knew that you're going to go work for U.S. Bank, or did you always just figure I need to find a job and then I always want to be an an agent afterwards? Dude, I had no clue. I didn't know about U.S. Bank. The, the role I'm in now, I didn't know it existed um, <laughs> before. I, I took this job in our, last October. Yeah, yeah, almost a year now. Um, so, I mean, I, I was just really, when I finished uh, 3L year, I really was just trying to find something to pay my bills and pay my student loans and my payments and provide income where I could buy players' gear um, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm something just to fund the, the agent thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, I had, when I was in law school, I, I had no clue about the whole U S bank, you know, job or any of that kind of stuff. It was kind of just, it was just random and serendipity almost that I, that I got this job. So, so talk about where you're at now, right? You talk about, you have two sources of income, right? You have your U S bank. Um, so maybe we can talk about U S bank first. Like what I don't have, I have, I have one source of income. Well, okay. Right sorry. sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> two two projects, I'll say. Yeah, right? yeah. One is U.S. Bank. That's your source of income, and then one is an agency. But let's talk about U.S. Bank first. Like, give our listeners an idea of what the job entails and what you're doing there. Yeah. So at U.S. Bank, uh, my my title is I'm an anti money laundering analyst. Um, I deal with with a lot of suspected cases of um, terrorist financing. Um, and I, but people in the South they don't really know about U.S. Bank, but. Uh, I think you guys have branches up north. Um, yeah, we have out, a couple. Yeah, yeah, and out west we're pretty big. Um, and so a bunch of people think it's like a, a federal bank too. It's, I mean, it's just a, a private bank like Bank of America. Um, probably the third biggest after Bank of America and Wells Fargo. But anyways, so yeah, just um, we have just cases. Um, they get we get alerted for stuff that gets flagged. Um, if you you know suspicious behavior and all that stuff, and so I go in. And and talk with the, the branch manager and sometimes the police and and kind of you know we close accounts. It's it's financial crimes um, and then specifically terrorist financing, um, drug trafficking, but mainly it's it's a lot of terrorist financing stuff. So that's cool. I mean, how um, so you get you get out of law school, first job into it, you had this mindset of you know I, I want to be an agent, I want to be involved as much as you feel like um, disclosing, because I know it's an interesting story from when you and I spoke about this, obviously the agency path, I think got accelerated off some life, you know, happenings. And you mentioned having the money to fund this move. I mean, talk about kind of that pivot and sinking your teeth into something and really running with it. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, like I said, in October, I was, I've been trying, I interviewed at a couple firms in Charleston. Um, you know, I didn't get the job law firms and I just, I heard about this job in Charlotte um, and I wanted to stay in Charleston, but I took it. Um, and up until uh, probably May, I was just, you know, I'd always, I'd kind of talk with guys and I just didn't make the big move um, that um, we're getting my first guy, you know, really get my name out there and stuff. Um, and quite honestly, I, I, I was, I was dating a girl and we, and we split up and that's really what prompted everything you know i just was really focused on that since then um and i got my i signed my first player 
And, um, you know, since then I've gotten um, an, another player and a coach as well. And hopefully I'll get a, another guy here pretty soon. So really the, the biggest thing for me was getting the first guy because it let people know, you know, I was serious. Cause like I said, I, the past, you know, two years, I always told people I wanted to be an agent, but you know, and everybody, I guess, I guess they maybe took me serious kind of sort of, but when I finally signed my first guy, that kind of, you know, put me out there as, as being okay. He's, he's serious about this. And as far as income, no, no, I have one source of income. It's the U S bank. The other agent thing is just, they, I'm like uncle pegs to these kids because <laughs> right. they just train me with the, the $50 Franklin batten gloves that they got to have. <laughs> the the nike dry fits and so i'm hoping that one day that um i'll have an income from being an agent to where i won't need the u.s bank gig anymore and then i can just be solely an agent hopefully in a, in a year or two so we'll see so so that's really interesting you know you're a 26 right 26 year old guy mm. who is entering this world of being an agent and you're going up against i mean yes we have your contacts that we all played with but you're going up against people like a Scott Boris and big agencies like a CAA or an Octagon. Like, is that scary to you? Is it something that's like, oh, oh, this is who I'm competing with. Like, I had to go up against the big dogs if I want to make it anywhere. Like, how are you dealing with that that obstacle, if you even see it as an obstacle? Yeah, that, that's definitely been the hardest thing for me. Um, when I was – so I guess the, the Christmas breakout in my 3 year, I, I – filled out like or I printed I went and got nice parchment paper I printed my 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 resume on it like 20 agencies around the country um trying to get a job or an internship and it's just so competitive it's not like typical I guess maybe like a legal job where you you start at the bottom and then work your way up it's just it's just really no um hierarchy like that in agent um industry and so I mean I didn't get anything no callbacks nothing um I, I spoke with a bunch of people at Belenji which is a, a big um, firm based out of Texas and I thought I'm able to get with them and didn't get in. So I was just like, screw it. Um, I've just got to go out on my own. And, um, it, yeah, it was intimidating. Um, it was kind of, kind of left me not disappointed, but almost like, God, man, I don't know if this is ever going to work or if I'll ever get anybody, you know, going against these, these big guns with all this money and, you know, notoriety and all this stuff. But, that's definitely been the hardest part is competing against, um, you know, the Jet Sports, BB Abbott, um, Al Getz, and all those guys. Um, but it's so regulated now, man. It being it being an agent isn't really hard. I mean, the draft is so regulated as far yeah. as slots, trades. I mean, it's being an agent. You just gotta be. You gotta know. And I should. I've been saying this. I've been doing this for you know not long at all. But it's just about personal connections and and you know, con keeping in touch with guys and, and buying them gear. And when they do come up for arbitration, that's when I think, you know, the, the big guns, um, Scott Boris, that, you know, his, his history and his skills maybe come into play. But until then, man, it's, it's anybody could do it. So long as, you know, you know how to, you know, treat people right and, and do the right things and, and all that stuff. Because for the most part, right, like the contracts, the pretty standard, especially in the oh, minor leagues. You're not gonna be able. To, you don't have much leverage until they get into arbitration years, right? Exactly, exactly. And see, even in the past, so like when I was in high school, I played with a couple guys. See, now if you get drafted after the tenth round, and you sign over 100k, um, you'll get taxed on that. The team will. Right. And so, but back in the day, you know, in the mid 90s, there were guys signing in the 25th round for like freaking 250k because 
you know, they, they would sign him, give him fourth round money and they would sign a college senior in the, in the fourth round for like 50 K. But now it's just so much more regulated to where it's like you said, there's no, nothing as far as your contract an agent can do until you're um, up for salary arbitration. That's when uh, his skills come into play. But until then it's, it's sending them gear, contacting, going to see them play, talking to their parents, you know, mm -hmm. tweeting at them, Facebook, all that right. stuff. Yeah, you bring up the, the tweeting, and I saw one like when we were prepping for the interview. You had that one tweet early September. I'll read it off. I'd do anything for my guys. I would fight for my guys if it came down to it. Might get beat up, but I'll go down swinging for my guys. So I think to your point is it's like it's personal connection. You clearly have built developed a, an important network. You know, where does that come from? Is that just kind of who you are? Is that something you learned along the way through school? Um, and I guess how how important is that aspect of putting yourself out there, being genuine and, and developing true connections with people? Yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of like what I well, I guess as far as I guess I think I've kind of always been like that. You know, like I said, I, I was a I had pretty good success in college and I, I didn't throw hard. I mean, it was a, a 85, 88 righty. And I think what what got my success was, I guess, my competitiveness and and, you know, I guess being a team player, that's kind of cheesy sounding. But, you know, it that's just kind of, that's just how I am. And that's kind of my approach, you know, going to this thing, you know, my guys, I'll do anything for them. You know, they're, they're my world as opposed to, you know, someone with Scott Boris, who's a, a double A, triple A guy. He's not really even on their radar. I mean, so I'm, I'm trying to, to take that approach and get some of these guys that are kind of the bottom feeders of big agencies. And so, you know, take them from being a, a, a small fish in a big pond, big pond at a big agency to be in, you know, like my big fish, like it's all about you. Like I'll do anything for you um, kind of thing. So it's interesting. I mean, one of the, one of the common themes lately is, um, you know, people are putting themselves out there and it's important just to go for it. Right. And I think Neil mentioned that a couple of weeks ago, you're at the winter meetings and is that something that you have to put yourself out there to go to, or is it something that you get invited to? Like, or is that, is that just you just saying, look, I'm an agent and I'm going to go to this and this is where I belong and I'm going to do my thing. Yeah. So the thing I was in New York, um, last week and that was the, it was the MLB, the players association. Um, we had a meeting and then there was a certification exam. If you want to represent a big leaguer or somebody on the 40 man roster, then you have to be certified by the, the player association. Right. So, so like right now, like I have um, Urban Roper, who's in, he was in low A and he, I'm his agent. He had to fill out a designation form where he just fills out a piece of paper and says, yeah, this is my agent. And I can represent him and negotiate for him and all that stuff. But if I were to get a 40 man guy um, prior to going to this meeting, then the teams wouldn't and they couldn't, talk to me and I couldn't talk to them on behalf of them. So that's what that was in New York. Um, the winter meetings are, I think November. Um, but as far as the thing I went to in New York, yeah, I mean, not just any Joe Blow can roll up. You got to pay two grand, um, for the, the fees to go out there. And then you got to pass a background check <clears throat> and there's some other stuff, but that was kind of the going out to New York was really the, the big step for me. Um, as far as putting myself out there and, and really going for it. Um, it's really almost like a $3,000 thing if you want to go for it. So that was kind of a big decision for me. And that's what 
kind of that's what well that's what I was doing in in New York. Drew Rosenhaus was there actually. Oh yeah. Why yeah. was he there? Because he's getting into baseball now. Oh jeez. Um, yeah. Another competitor. Oh I know. Oh yeah exactly. <laughs> and I don't know if you follow Sports Agents blog, but it's just like a blog. Yeah. And they uh, like two months ago he like made a big announcement that he's um getting into baseball now and yeah he was there so it's kind of cool that's um, cool yeah it was kind of cool seeing him and i've been uh, i've been attending i've joined the sports lawyers association uh recently and i've been going to some of the local outreach events there and it's pretty interesting to see some of the people that show up whether they're agents or gms and whatnot oh nice that's pretty cool um so let's talk about let's talk about networking and I, it seems are you getting it seems like you're using your network from either as a player or as an attorney to to move forward with being an agent are you like talk about how you're using the people around you to try either get clients or learn about clients or whatnot it, and, uh, just talk about that for us it's everything in this yeah. is networking is completely everything um and i i i've luckily uh my dad um he umpires a lot in upstate south Carolina. he just knows a bunch of people i mean he'll just go out to freaking like 15-year-old the field and just sit out there all day if he had anything to do. But anyways, he knows a few scouts and linked me up. And and I've found that um, knowing scouts is very, very, very important. And that's something I didn't really consider before doing all this. Um, and then it's just, you know, calling call, – I call Monty Lee. He's at Clemson. I call him and say, hey, you got any guys, um, you know, some good ball players, you know, maybe kind of under the radar that the big agents haven't come after yet and – you know, he'll tell me stuff, and it's and networking is so big. I was out watching this this CPL. It's the Coastal Plains League. It's just a college summer summer league. Um, and I was talking with the Gastonia Grizzlies coach, just sit, sitting on the side of the dugout. You know, I just walk up and say, "Hey, man, you got any ball players or, or what?" Because you know, and half the time people will tell you a bunch of bogus guys who suck. But the other half, <laughs> you, know, you can you can look them up because I mean, you just go on your phone and look them up, see if they're any good on the Perfect Game, you know, website. So he told me about a kid up in Canada um, who's an Armour All-American. His mom was an Olympian athlete. And so that's just an example of, of networking, just talking with people um, and trying. Because, see, the guys that I'm going after or are guys I know, played with, or friends of guys I know, or diamond in the rough guys. Um, and so to find, like, the diamond in the rough guys is where, you know, you've got to just talk to people and and just bug people and network. And so, man, I think network is one is 90% of, of having success as an agent. Yeah. And I can, Matt, I can vouch um, for our listeners out there. The first time I met Matt, he, he said, nice to meet you. Congratulations on the engagement. Mallory's a wonderful girl. And do you know any players? (laughs) No, for sure. (laughs) That's great. But it's true. You, you had a way of, like, you know, there's certain things where you're getting asked from somebody and you and it doesn't come off authentic. But I think the way it was with you is it was like, I mean, I'm sure I, I think maybe I know some people, but I'm definitely going to go ahead and look at it. So I, I think your your savviness through asking is pretty cool. And so for our listeners out there, like not only networking and you kind of touched upon it's not a volume thing, but know the right people to go to. So knowing scouts, but, you know. For people out there who know that they need to do networking, you clearly are doing it well. Um, tips, be- kind of best practices. How can they network better? Yeah, um, I mean, I mean, dude, but you start when you're in college, man. It sounds like looking back, you you start building your brand when you're in college. I mean, like what 
are you like a trustworthy dude? I mean, would you stick up for, you know, and you guys play ball. So you I mean, you look back when you guys, would you pick up the phone and, and call somebody if he needed something? I mean, so that, I think that starts when you're, when you're even like your freshman year of college. But as far as tips for networking, I mean, I was just like, I mean, just reach out to anybody and everybody, you know, go to any kind of event. Uh, never know though, who, um, will be there and, and who has a cousin who's a stud or whose sister's dating, you know, a righty who's 95, 98, nobody knows about him. You, you never know. And right. you're, you're one guy away from, from, from breaking in. I mean, once you, and agent, agents I've talked to said, you got to get one big leaguer. Once you get one big leaguer, um, then, I mean, you're almost set. And so you never know where that one big leaguer could come from. So it's not, I mean, you're, you're one guy right now. So you obviously have a balance of, you know, I can't, it can't play the volume game, but I also need the one big leaguer, um, you know, and I'm sure it's kind of, there's a financial piece in this, right? Like knowing what to bet on. Um, are you just, you kind of see it in certain people. You're just sticking close to people that it's, it's in your network. It's they're easier to work with. Like how, how are you going about this now as you're trying to grow, but it's not just a numbers game, at least, at least the time that you have. Yeah, so my kind of approach um, when I started was just to get anybody I could. I mean, college kids don't cost you anything my, as far as dollars-wise because you can't buy anything. And um, and then minor leaguers, yeah, I mean, you buy them spikes and stuff, but it's it's not that – it's not crazy expensive. Um, it is a lot of time-consuming, but I was talking with Monty, Monty Lee, and he said one thing you, that I would recommend is you don't want to be – come known as an agent with just kind of no average kids, um, you know, because it's just not a good, or you won't get the studs if you kind of have a, if your agency is known for having kind of subpar players. Um, so that was something that was um, insightful to me. I never thought about. So, I mean, really I go after kids now that I think have a legitimate chance of making the big leagues. Cause I don't make a dime unless they make it to the big leagues. Right. Um, and so I, some some guys have a small chance. Some guys have a you know a pretty big chance. But it, I'm I would I don't sign anybody unless I think they have some what chance um, to make it to the big league. So I think it's important to to not just get anybody and everybody just to say you know yeah well I'm an, I'm his agent just to be able to say it. You know what I mean? It's 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 important to actually get good ball players. Are you willing to take any just anybody though? Or like say like opportunity a rookie a guy who gets just gets drafted in rookie ball are you willing to take him even though you may or may like he may not be like your the goal yeah I mean if he's got a shot um, the 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 first guy that I signed Urban Roper he was a free agent sign um, bunch of people look at him and say I mean he's a free agent sign why well first off. Roper, he got my name out there. Um, since I've had him, like, you know, every, everything has kind of gone, you know, crazy for me as far, you know, in a good way is, is get my name out there and, and being taken serious. But I really think that Irvin, he has a chance. He's a left-handed hitting catcher. He catches damn good. Um, he's just got to hit a little bit, and he's got to have some things kind of go his way and, and then pieces fall together. But he's got a chance. But, I mean, if there's a free agent dude that, that nobody knew about, and I think that he has, you know, like C.J. Edwards. The dude from uh, the Cubs, he was uh, out of Carolina Forest High School, I think, like a 38th rounder. Um, age, there's an agent named Lee Long in South Carolina that has a bunch of big-time players, and he just he saw him and liked his delivery. He was like a, a kid 
it's like a buck sixty is how much he weighed. He was just like, man, this kid could put on some weight, be throwing gas, and that was that was an example of an agent really good recruiting um, and scouting and, and seeing a guy. And and I know that Lee got hooked up with a scout. A scout told Lee about C.J. Edwards. So it goes back to having relationships with scouts is very very important too. Because if you have relationships with scouts, you know you pick up the phone or they'll pick up the phone and call you. But like, hey man, I just saw this kid at Carolina Forest. Um, he's 91, 92, and he's a buck 60. I mean, he's got a lot of growing to do. Um, and so, I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, it's kind of a case by case thing as far as the, like you said, signing a free agent, but mm-hmm. I don't, I, I would definitely be down to if I thought he had a, a chance to make it. I mean, it's, it's, it all comes back down. It all comes back to just connecting and making meaningful connections. You never know where they'll come, right? Where they'll go. No, definitely. Um, definitely. I mean, let's, let's talk about how, how the how you got your job at us bank too like i'm i assume that you also use similar connections and put yourself out there and network to get your job at us bank um maybe take us through that process of how you landed that one yeah so i was i got the job at us bank i had been um living in charleston um living with my girlfriend and her three roommates at the time and just job searching and not much luck and this was so i took the bar in july and I think in this was like the end of September, I saw a tweet from Rob Harding and Rob Harding played with me at CFC. He's a third baseman and he works for Robert Half now, who's like in a, like an accounting mm-hmm. um, agency. And I hit him. I was like, yo, man, what's up with this job at U.S. Bank that that I heard you talking about? He's like, yeah, man, just came up. I'm missing Charlotte, blah, blah. I, I went out to interview um just to get interview experience just because i'd only have had like one interview i just wanted to like sit down and and actually do a, a job interview um i had no intentions whatsoever of of taking the job um and i interviewed and you know went well and the second interview and the pay was you know really good and i couldn't turn it down and next thing you know i'm i'm, I'm here and it's been almost a year and so i mean but it goes back to connections man i think connections are by far baseball not baseball, banking, broadcasting, networking is so important. Like, because I mean, whatever you do, they can train you to do anything, whatever job, to a certain extent. I mean, you can't be trained to, you know, operate on somebody if you're not a doctor, but most jobs, it's, it's just knowing people and, and knowing someone's character and their work ethic just to get you in there because they can train you and teach you whatever they need to do for, for their business or whatever. So, networking is huge i think there's a big piece in that though too is like you just you went to this to get interview experience which i think is awesome like i think a lot of times students get themselves in trouble is they want that perfect job or i'm only going to apply for the positions that i see myself being perfect in but it's like how the hell do you know um and you went about this to try to add a tool to your belt be better at talking to people in an interview and there you go you land yourself a job so i think that's like just just do it like go out there and try it just showing up man just show up like that's 90 percent of the thing just just show up and see what happens i love it um it actually leads right into one of our one of our questions that we ask every interviewee is um like say you're going to talk to a sophomore junior in college right now college athlete and they're about to enter you know they're coming up on graduation they're about to enter the job market um, a lot of us go through that struggle, right, of trying to find something new. And what's one, what's a couple pieces of advice that you'd give that person 
right now? Yeah, I would say just to be open. Um, I would say meet as many people as you can. Be nice to people. Um, don't be, a, you know, don't don't be a jerk because you never know who could connect you with someone who could connect you with someone else down the chain. Just be good to people. I mean, just be nice to people. Be a good person and meet as, as many people as you can. Just show up to stuff. Just all kind of events around the school. I mean, if you really want to get a job might not be the job you your dream job but you can find a job and then while you have that it's a lot easier to get a second job once you've had a job before that so just go out maybe it's not what you want to do but just get a job have it for a few months prove that you can you know wake up and and be on time and you know do the right things and and while you're doing that as i'm doing now you can focus on what you really want to do um and your, your true, I guess, dreams or dream job or wh- whatever your true career is. I think That's a piece great. of that, too, is probably like you have your long term goal or at least what it seems like it is. So all these steps along the way are building yourself up to ultimately what you want to do. I feel like a lot of people are in a situation where they're like running towards things because this might be it. This might be it. This might be it. And like there's a, there's a sense of patience I hear when you talk. Um, about like, you know, going to something and try it and just do an interview. I think like, so having a long-term goal is probably an important piece of that too. Like, how did you come across that? What started as a dream? How did you, how'd you set that as a goal and build up to it? Yeah. It, I mean, it's, as far as setting a goal, I mean, I've always known it. It's crazy. Like I said, I, I went to this interview for us bank with no intention whatsoever, but looking back, if I was in a traditional attorney role right now, there's no way I would be able to, to be doing the agent thing just because I have a lot of freedom at my job. Um, as far as you know, I can step out and take calls or you know, I can, you know, call guys. It's just, it's crazy thinking that me just driving to Charlotte that one time for this little interview with this little bank that I'd never even heard of before. It, it ended up being one of the, you know, true blessings. Um, and I always, even though I, I went and interviewed, I always had the agent thing in my mind. I just needed something to, to pay my bills and, and cause I mean, student loans, you, law school over there. I mean, you get, it's not cheap when, when those, when that, uh, grace period ends, um, and you gotta start, you gotta start paying, um, those bills. So just find something that can buy you some time at least until, and so you can, you know, figure, figure if you don't know what you want to do, just don't be scared to jump into something you have no clue about. Um, and if you don't like it, screw it, you get out of it in a few months, but it could be one of the, the best things ever happened to you and then just complete serendipity and, and help you get to your, your true goal. Love it, man. How can we, so how can we here at what's next help you, um, achieve your goal? You know, how can we help you further your career as an agent? Um, yeah. So, I mean, if you guys know any ball players, uh, text me, email (laughs) me. Um, and then if you know anybody that's, that's looking for, for, for an agent, um, you know, given my name, I guess if I think we had a pretty good conversation tonight, speak, speak well of me, I'll speak well of you guys. You know, I'll, I hate doing Twitter and social media and all that stuff, but I'll, I'll tweet you guys, you know, about what y'all have going on as far. I don't hate it. I don't, it's just not what I, I look forward to, but I understand that's what kids like nowadays. Um, kids. you know, it's kind of, <laughs> Sounds so I, mean, old. <laughs> I know that did, that did sound it. old. But I mean, that's how it is. You know, it's kind of like adapt or die. It's like, that's what, that's what 
I guess that younger generation wants. They want, you know, the tweets, Instagram, Snap. What was it? Belichick calls it in, Insta Face. Uh, <laughs> um, oh, I can't. I can't remember what he called it. That one. One interview. Snap Face. <laughs> oh, it's Snap Face and Insta Chat. Yeah. But, <laughs> but yeah. So I mean, I guess you know, promoting and and if you guys want to help me, um, that's something you could do. And like I said, I'll I'll, I'll get on on Facebook and, and Twitter and and promote you guys and. And tell everybody I know about you and stuff. And, and awesome. So. How can how can our listeners get in touch with you? Or how maybe there's a listener out there who's looking for an agent. How can you get in touch with you? Yeah. So um, you can email. Get on my Facebook. Uh, my Facebook is Matthew Pegler. Don't go to Matt Pegler. My old Facebook got hacked. Um, oh. Yeah. So that was that was a freaking ordeal. Yeah. It's Matthew Pegler. Um, and then if you want to tweet at me, it's Matt underscore Pegler. And then if you want my cell phone number, it's area code 864-420-3184. Call me, text me. Um, and my email is james.matt.pegler at gmail.com. We'll make sure we write all of that in the post when we uh, launch this. Okay. And I, I'm going to get a, I'm waiting to get certified. Um, I get my test results back. Um, next week from that exam and I'm going to have, you know, get a website and do all that drop and logo and all that stuff. And I'm, I want to be able to put MLBPA certified next to my name for, that's right. Before I do that. So that's awesome. So last, last question is what's next for you. I mean, other than the certification. So, man, once I get certified, it's like, it's full tilt. Like I'm on the ground running, um, and really getting like, there's, I have about four studs, um, double A and triple A guys who will be on the 40 man pretty soon that that i'm gonna wine and dine and wheel and deal and, and do whatever i can to uh to try to get them to join the pegler agency that's great well thank you so much matt it's been great having you on everybody uh reach out to him we'll make sure we post all of his contact info on the blog if you're a baseball player and you need an agent reach out to him he's in he's open for business sure. <laughs> and dude really uh, honestly anybody if, like if you know anybody ball players just Hit me up. I'm not, you're like I'm not too good for for anybody or anything. You might give me some bogus stuff, and I'll still say thanks. But I'm open for any names that you know. Oh, we'll we'll feed some names to you. Don't worry. Sounds good. All right, Matt. Thank you so much for having us. For yeah, coming on. I I enjoyed it. You guys, good luck. Neil, text me with all y'all's info, and I'll I'll get on Insta chat and. and, and <laughs> out there. Snap face. We'll yeah, snap, snap face. All right, brother. Thanks a lot, man. All right, man. All right. I'll see you later. Bye. I'll talk to you, man. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed it. We really did. I'm telling you, super charismatic. Um, I think we had a technical issue halfway through it, um, and he just picked right up. The kid's a pro, um, as much as he may age himself by saying the Twitter, uh, as we joked with him. But it was it was really cool. Um, he's super hungry. You know, he wants help, so he gave you guys you know plenty of out, outlets to reach him on, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, his cell phone, his email. Um, you guys are more than welcome to check him out, and we'll uh, we'll include all that information in the show notes so you can go check that out. Um, I really appreciate it, guys. Uh, you know, this was one of those interviews where it comes up. You know, you should interview this guy. Um, you know, I'm sure you have those people in the back of your minds as you're listening. Um, and I'm telling you, if you send us their name, get us in touch, we will interview them. Um, there's plenty of lessons to be learned. You know, nobody's too big, nobody's too small. 
Um, we're, we're loving this, guys. We're really enjoying reaching out to these people, getting their stories out there. Um, so continue to grow this. It, it's been growing quickly, fast, and we're, uh, we're really enjoying it. So I really appreciate it, guys. Um, like, subscribe, send us some reviews on iTunes. I know those are collecting quite a bit. Um, and we'll see you guys next week on What's Next.